0: Hello, and thank you for joining us here on Broncos Country Throwback. I am Phil Milani alongside Eric Dalale. Today, joining Jim Sacamano is former Broncos running back Glenn Milburn. Yeah, Phil, excited to hear from Glenn. He was a former second-round pick of the Broncos in 1993. Of course, played three seasons here in Denver. Uh, you know, a good career here in Denver, but interested to hear about what he did after leaving the Mile High City as well and of course, Jim Sakamano has a uh, just a knack for getting those stories out of people. So with that, we'll turn it over to Jim for his conversation with Glenn Milburn.
1: We are delighted right now to be talking to Glenn Milburn on Broncos Country Throwback. Glenn, you were uh, a guy who had a three-year career with the Broncos, 93 to 95, a second rounder out of Stanford, but quite frankly, in my now 43 years working with the team, you were one of the most interesting guys we've had, I believe, and one of the most impressive. Uh, And that all has to do
2: with you as a person off the field. Well, Jim, thank you. Thank you for the compliment. Um, It was uh, only three years, and uh, it was three of my favorite years in the National Football League. uh, Having been the the team that was that drafted me out of Stanford, and also the city and the way that it embraced me, it took me in. Uh, The team had success. I got to play with a lot of great players, and overall, it was a great experience for me. I love the city of Denver, and. you know, have a lot of respect even to this day for the Bronco organization.
1: Now, Glenn, you had 5,000 return yards for the Broncos, and not a lot of guys have had or not 5,000 total combined yards, I should say, return, receiving, and, um, and rushing. And you made our top 100 team very cool, I think. I, uh, I realize that it's hard to, to comment when somebody praises you, but I thought that was pretty cool.
2: Well, I think uh, by nature, having done a lot of things like return the ball and punts and kickoffs, as well as be a running back where I caught passes and rushed the ball, that just by virtue you're going to have a lot of yards. And uh, I'm thankful that uh, the team had confidence to put me in those positions. And you know, oftentimes uh, when you when you say the 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 numbers like five thousand yards, uh, at you don't really think about it at the time, but but as the years have gone on, you reflect back and say, wow, that was, that was pretty neat to be able to contribute to the what has really been a wonderful history of the Broncos for, for so many years and so many great players to be named and, 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 and have a contribution to the organization is a great feeling.
1: Yeah, you know, um, yards seem easier to come by in football today, partly because the athletes are just so marvelous. But I've done a, a lot of research, maybe more than most people, on guys in the Hall of Fame, and you know, you'd know, you be surprised in the first 30, 40, 50, even 60 years of the Hall, yards were harder to come by, and uh, a lot of guys were in the Hall of Fame um, who, who didn't have, uh, didn't quite have as much statistical accomplishment. Glenn, I'm really interested in talking about some of your way back when, because I know some of this, but our listeners don't. Uh, when you were a youth, when you were growing up, was it in the Santa
2: Monica area? Correct, correct. I was uh, in the Santa Monica area, Los Angeles uh, city, and and yeah, I went to Santa Monica High School. I played my high school football there under, uh, which was a great program to be in because I started uh, started out at the bottom. I was an unknown player on the JV team as a tenth grader, and uh, an undersized kid, and somehow learned the the, the virtues of hard work and earning my my way and fortunately I was able to ascend and, and, and gain some notice and that allowed me by the time I was a senior in high school to to perform well enough to earn a scholarship. Yeah um, one of the
1: tough things about talking to you is you're so humble Glenn um, because you don't just get a scholarship to Stanford by having a pretty good senior year especially when you're an undersized guy and you were way undersized at the time.
2: Yeah, I was. I was. And and, uh, again, I was always undersized relative to to most football players. But in high school at the time, I I was someone that wasn't on the watch list for many uh, colleges or uh, I wasn't picked to be an uh, All-State or All-American player. But thankfully, the the discipline and hard work allowed me by the time I was a senior to, to really come out of the gates and have some incredible football games. I scored five touchdowns and 200 yards literally every game and ended up setting a California State high school record for yards and touchdowns for a single season. And that's what really put me on the map is, you know, the, op- the preparation, meeting the opportunity, mm-hmm. and, and all of those conditions were ideal to, to have the year I had. And thankfully it put me in a position to go, to go in and play collegiate football. Uh, you were a Santa Monica Viking. I think the nickname at
1: Santa Monica High School is the Vikings.
2: That's correct. What are the colors, Glenn? They are blue and gold, blue and proud gold. blue and gold now,
1: proud, blue and gold. and speaking of proud, you in your time with the Denver Broncos, you actually played with another Santa Monica High
2: School guy. That is correct, and uh, I remember when I first got to the Bronco facility soon after I was drafted for minicamp, I ran into the uh, Denver Bronco legend Dennis Smith, a great safety who, at the time when I was in high school, I, I had never met him, but I remember seeing his name in the high school gym under Players of the Year. He he still holds, I believe, the high school Long the high jump record. He was a high jumper in high school. Uh, and so he was a great athlete, but legendary on the football field as a hard hitting safety even back then. And so when I got to the Broncos facility uh, for Minicamp after the draft, I remember I, I made a, a, a note in my mind to go talk to him and say, You may not know who I am, but I know exactly who you are, and you're someone that I looked up to many years ago. As someone that came from the same high school, and someone that I wanted to hopefully meet one day, so it was, it was a okay. neat feeling.
1: That's pretty cool.
2: Now, when you when you first had contact with
1: Stanford, and you were you've always been, of course, very bright. Nobody becomes very bright; they may develop better work habits, but they don't. They are what they are in terms of bright. Um, but I know you were a great student in high school, and you told me once that it's like you pushed Stanford as much as they pushed you in terms of asking questions and, and uh, your, your interest in the school was great.
2: Well, I think part of it was because I wasn't a highly recruited player up until my senior year, that um, once I arrived on the scene after that first high school game my senior year, team, you know the bigger schools like USC at the time or University of Washington or Notre Dame you know the big schools were were starting to take interest in me, this kid from Santa Monica, and so at the time Stanford was 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 not at, at its ascent. They were they were kind of languishing toward the bottom of the Pac-10, what it what what it was called back then. And so when they came to the school, to my high school, um, to drop off their recruiting materials and just mention, hey, we're Stanford, we play football in Palo Alto. I remember almost saying, hey, I'm really interested in your school. I, be, I believe they were coming off of a, of a one or two win season. So it was it was one of those where they, they didn't think that I was serious about their school until I had to, to reemphasize to them, you're really a top interest of mine. Um, you just may not know it right now. Yeah, that's interesting because so often –
1: somebody who's fortunate enough and good enough and hard-working enough to be a great athlete in high school, they get a chance to go someplace, and the place is just the place they chose among all the places. But when it happens to be Stanford University, wow, there's a big international list of people who would like to go there. And I, I probably think there are a lot of guys who don't even apply, guys and, and young ladies, who be, because they just think they would have no chance to get in.
2: Well, Jim, the interesting thing um, that stood out to me during my recruiting to Stanford was, you know, most of the big college programs, they they have a nice video. They Back then, they were VCR, so everyone had a VCR in their home, mm-hmm. and so the, the, the coaches would come to your sit in your living room, they'd plug in a... A highlight tape of their football season with the with the fight song in the background and tell you how great their football program was. Stanford was not that. that the unique thing about Stanford was they had a VHS tape that was done by ABC. It was I think it was a, an old show called Nightline with Ted a uh, 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 Ted Koppel, and Ted Koppel was a Stanford alum. But they did a, a they basically did a, a segment. That Nightline profiled Stanford University as this unique place, internationally driven school, highly academic, but also competed at a high level in, in athletics. So they were having a third party validation of recruit, use, use that as their recruiting tool. I thought that was really interesting and yes. it just made me, made me re- really be more attracted to the school because it wasn't them telling. Telling me how great they were, it was te- it was having ABC tell me how great Stanford was.
1: Yeah, yeah, I've actually got a grandson who he's 12 years old. He'll soon be 13. He's a baseball player and he's in the 99th percentile every national test he's ever taken. He's in the 99th percentile, and uh, and he has great interest in Stanford. That of course does not mean that Stanford will have any interest whatsoever in him when the time comes, but nevertheless, now you were a pro bowler during your time in the NFL, Glenn.
2: Yeah, uh, thankfully, uh, the Broncos was, the was the team that I first got the taste of experiencing the, the pro bowl. I, I fortunately was picked alongside my, several of my teammates, Jason Elam, Shannon Sharp, uh, John Elway, obviously, uh, and I believe Anthony Miller, um, was also, uh, on that team, so we had a pretty good representation. Uh, or Steve Atwater, for sure, um, mm-hmm. was was part of that. So we had a good representation, and uh, for me as a kick returner, I, I'd come off a a pretty pretty good season, and um, it was a great feeling to to be a, considered amongst the best at the position.
1: One of my players told me once, one of our players, that if I could only make it once, forevermore. I'll be able to say I was a Pro Bowl player, and that is the truth. It's you know They don't take it away. You were a Pro Bowl player. And also, this year, you've been named the preliminary Pro Football Hall of Fame list. There's a lot of guys right now, but that's one of those things that it's cool just to be on the list.
2: Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, it's, it, was, it came as a surprise for obvious reasons. Number one, special team players, uh, which is what I was primarily for my entire career, they're not oftentimes mentioned when in the Hall of Fame uh, when those nominations come out. But uh, I think that you know when I heard the news, I was I was surprised, and maybe this is not this is not right. But then after someone sending me the link, I said, "Wow, that's pretty neat." And then very neat. Uh, you know, any consideration is great to because in order to be nominated, someone has to nominate you so to be mentioned about right. the list of the players, that's always a good
1: feeling. And any time somebody's mentioning you in a good way, that's a good thing, Lynn. Uh, now, I would be remiss if I didn't mention December tenth, nineteen 1995, against the Seattle Seahawks. What a game you
2: had. Well, it, yeah, it, it, it was definitely a memorable game, and, and you know, I talked to people about it since then which you know it's hard to you know when you'd say 1995 it just tells tells us how how we're getting older and how many years years ago that was but I was again I was a third down running back I was not the starter Terrell Davis was the starter and uh, early in that football game against the Seahawks we were at home at mile high and I had a couple of good punt returns almost broke one for a touchdown and then all of a sudden, Terrell goes down with an injury. So instead of me being our, our third down back, I'm, I'm now thrust into playing the full-time running back in addition to my duties as a returner. And so that's where, you know, you, you have a, a few good plays and you start to get in a groove and you start to get into that, that zone that many athletes refer to. And things just started to click, and the yards just kept, mm-hmm. kept coming and coming. And because it was a competitive game, I, at the time, I'm not aware of how many yards I'm running for and so my right, teammates right. go back to the sideline or start to shake me and say, look, Glenn, you, you just set a Bronco record. Or look, Glenn, toward the end of the game, they're, the scoreboard's flashing. Yeah, you know, I remember I putting it on the scoreboard when
1: you had 404 yards, 131 rushing, 45 receiving, 228 returning. I was sitting with the Seahawks PR guys who are very nice guys. And they kept slamming the table in front of them, good-naturedly, where they'd say, got it, we got to punt. Milburn's going to get the ball again. got it, Milburn's <laughs> going to get the ball again. And 404 yards later, you would set a record that this 25 years later is still the NFL high. I know records are meant to be broken, but it's going to take a
2: few yards to top that, Glenn. Yeah, it's, it's it is interesting because again, like I said earlier, the circumstances and the environment has to be perfect for that to happen. And, and you know, if not for an injury to a Hall of Fame running back on our team, that mm-hmm. they wouldn't have happened the same way. And so, again, it, it's a, it's a testament to preparation and opportunity meeting, and then having that memorable day that I had on on December tenth of nineteen ninety
1: five. You know, when preparation and opportunity meet, it always creates a wonderful marriage. And speaking of marriages and families, um, your wife, if I am not mistaken, was a great track athlete in college somewhere in the southwest. Texas, maybe? Oh, forgive me if I'm
2: wrong. Texas, that is correct. You're Correct. My wife Toya and, uh, was a 14 time All American at, at the University of Texas. An excellent. That's, that's quite track, a few. Track athlete.
1: That, that's one of those times when uh, at a cocktail party, uh, people could say, Wow, you're Glenn Milburn. And you could say, Yes, but I'm not the best athlete in the family.
2: Well, I can tell you, we lived in Austin, Texas for about nine years, and I was not Glenn Milburn, the, the, the ex Denver Bronco. I was Toya Brown's husband. So that's a that's a that's a testament to to what she did there.
1: Now you have, uh, if I'm not mistaken, two children, correct? That's correct.
2: What what the, what are their ages, Glenn? So I have a 16 year old daughter who's a junior in high school named Lauren, and I have a 14 year old son. His name is Aaron. He's a ninth grader. Now
1: where do they uh, where do they go to school? Not that. You know, but some people may know the LA area.
2: Yeah, so they they go to school at a. At a it's called Harvard Westlake School. It's a it's an independent school in Studio City.
1: Oh yeah, I'm familiar with Westlake, the Westlake area, and uh, the, thus I'm i I've, I've certainly had uh, had a couple of meals in Studio City. So that's pretty cool. That's great, Glenn. Now, as I recall, the last I knew, you uh, you work for a firm in which you uh assist fire departments kind of as a consultant in their oh their union contracts or their contracts with cities or is that correct? Would that be accurate, Glenn, or am I way off?
2: No, that's that's actually true. I'm a partner in a in a public affairs firm. It's called Blackman Public Affairs and our firm represents a lot of the large firefighter organizations in the western United States, from Seattle in the northwest all the way down to southern Orange County. So we, wow. we, help, these, we help these large organizations with their communications and PR. We write mm-hmm. speeches. We do talking points. We help them with their strategic planning and also with obvious negotiations when it comes to labor and uh, contract negotiations as well.
1: Well, here and here and then, then and now, due to a variety of things, everybody's not always in love with all the police departments, but nobody doesn't like the fire departments. And so that's a, great, probably, that's a
2: good thing for you. Well, it's a good business to be in because, again, like you mentioned, firefighters in virtually every poll that I've seen are, are, are well above 90% favorability and almost 0% unfavorability. Mm -hmm. And so it's a great client to be in. I I can get up in the morning knowing that I'm helping people that put their lives on the line to keep people like me safe. And so it's a good feeling when I'm able to advocate on their behalf.
1: Oh, sure. Now, uh, Glenn, uh, your daughter's getting to be that that age. Is
2: she looking at colleges yet? She is. She's a a track athlete as well. She's like her mom. The apple doesn't fall too far from the tree there. Um, but, yes, yeah, you're starting to look at colleges, and, uh, you know, that, that process is, is already underway as a junior in high school.
1: Well, it doesn't take long. Glenn, uh, one of the cool things, I think, you know, players come and go, and that's great. They're supposed to, but and sometimes they disappear, and you say, I don't really care where so-and-so is, uh, just because they they were not notable. And in your case... One does not have to know you long in order for you to have a, a very uh, powerful impression on a person, and it's really cool. I think that um, that we do know where you are, and uh, you let me pester you now and then. And I remember a year a year ago when I came out and did the TV interview with you. It was so cool. I was sitting in the lobby, and and you, while in great shape, you're still a smallish fellow. And here came this guy dashing through the lobby with horn-rimmed glasses on. I recall, and I thought, the heck, <laughs> and there goes Glenn Milbert And a lot of people wouldn't have wouldn't have noted that, but um, but it's just a pleasure. It's a pleasure to watch your career and to watch your successes,
2: Glenn. And I know you'll have many more. Well, Jim, thank you so much. And you were always great to me when I was a player there. And, and again, it's it's just that – such a great organization, and, and I'm 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 honored to have been a part of it. Um, I guess I can always say that I was. I, I'm still a part of it, even in, in as an alum.
1: You, you but, certainly uh, can. <laughs> and, I, I believe um, once yeah. a Bronco, always a Bronco. But everybody doesn't. You know, you you earned that spot, and uh, and you'll never be separated from the organization, Clint. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, I want to thank you for taking the time. I know you're a busy guy and you've probably got some fire department uh, uh, negotiation, especially with forest fires all over the place. You probably got some work to do. So we're going to let you go, but I want to thank you and say how pleased we are to have you on Bronco's country throwback, our podcast
0: of the older players. Thank you, Glenn. Thank you, Jim. That was Jim Sakamano's conversation with Glenn Milburn. Phil. uh, somewhat of a short career here in Denver, but still nice to be able to catch up with a former player and hear about their life both in football and outside of it. Yeah, Glenn Milburn, uh, maybe not the biggest name, but a lot of Broncos fans certainly remember him, especially uh, that Pro Bowl season in 1995. Good to uh, always catch up with another member of the Broncos alumni. If you enjoyed this podcast, make sure you go ahead and subscribe to Broncos Country Throwback could also uh, subscribe to all of the podcasts on the Broncos podcast network they're available wherever you download your favorite podcasts whether that's Apple podcasts Spotify TuneIn, Stitcher and also now on iHeartRadio we'll be back next week or maybe uh, a week after that with another conversation just like this until then for Jim Sakamano and Eric DeLalla, I'm Phil Milani this has been Broncos country throwback